What up, though? It's your favorite host, Denzel Turner, on your favorite podcast, Black Fridays. And I want to welcome you all back to another amazing show. Now, today, I need y'all to pour a little something in your glass. More specifically, go ahead, put some tequila in there. Antio tequila, that is. Joining me on the podcast today, I got Miss Nayana Ferguson, who is out here making history. She is the first black woman to co-found or found a tequila brand. And since Antil was created, they have won multiple awards, been featured in all types of magazines, publications, media. So I'm grateful for the conversation with Nayana to learn more about her journey, what led her to creating such a dope and amazing brand, and how she's out here putting on for the state of Michigan, and more importantly, the city of Detroit. So without further ado, let's play the intro and get into the episode. Oh, it's good. You are now in oh, the by Despite Jones. Good. Good. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome Miss Nayana Ferguson of Antil Tequila to the Black Fridays podcast. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate you pulling up to the podcast. And as I was telling you beforehand, I had an opportunity to learn about the brand through some work that you were uh, doing with uh, another Black Fridays all-star um, Aisha Mitchell and her PR firm and company. So I'm glad we was able to make the connection. I uh, love what you all are doing with the brand and also um, being a, a brand from the state of Michigan, my hometown, and then also fellow Detroiters like we had talked about as well. So love to see people living the dream and, and doing it like yourself. Uh, so I wanted to ask if you could tell us a little bit about who you are and then also about the brand as well. Well, I mean, there's so much to that story, but I am Nayana Ferguson. I'm actually a 16-year pancreatic cancer survivor and a nine-year breast cancer survivor. And that actually goes a lot into one of the reasons why we created our tequila. Um, when my husband and I met, he was actually a tequila connoisseur. And I, you know, I drank it every now and then, but he really got me into it. And as we started studying it, we found out that Tequila is actually better for me, you know, to drink uh, being a two-time cancer survivor because it is a naturally gluten-free product because it is made from a plant and the agavins in it does not affect your body and it does not spike your glycemic index, um, which some other spirits do just because they're made from corn or wheat or barley. Those are type of types of things that diabetics and other people who may have some health issues cannot really process that well. So, you know, learning about that, that, you know, we were like, cool, you know, I can actually drink this. And then him and I were looking for a business, you know, at one point in time, both my husband and I have been in the corporate world over 20 something years. And I asked him, I said, if you could do anything, what would you do? And he said, we would, he's like, I would own a tequila company, but we can't do that. And I was like, why not? <laughs> so a couple of days later, I actually found the distillery that we do work with today because all tequila has to be made in Mexico if it's 100 percent tequila, um, because there are some mixed those on the market. But if you want 100 percent tequila, it has to be made in Mexico. 
um, the distillery that I found was able to send us some samples. And my husband, I do have to say, was skeptical, you know, at first, because he's like, I don't want to, you know, he was like a tequila snob. <laughs> he's like, I don't want nothing that's nasty. You know, it's going to be nasty. Um, but we got the samples and he enjoyed them. And we went on to create the world's only coconut lime blanco tequila, the first uh, Taraco blood orange tequila. We also have a Blanco tequila and we do have our Reposado tequila, which is aged eight months in Tennessee whiskey barrels. And most people don't know that most Reposados are aged in American white oak barrels. So ours is a little different because the flavor profile does have the whiskey uh, notes to it. Nice. And uh, first and foremost, I want to make sure that um, I show you some love because you had mentioned that you are a breast cancer survivor and pancreatic cancer survivor as well. And um, breast cancer is something that had went through my family at a certain point in time. I had a grandma who had uh, survived it twice and then also um, unfortunately lost an aunt to it, but definitely want to give you your flowers for, you know, fighting a good fight and then uh, putting on for uh, research and then the uh, improvement of those particular um, conditions. So shout out to you for that. And I got so excited about jumping right into the interview. I forgot about my special segment, which is okay. my favorite portion of Black Fridays. And we call it Freestyle Fridays. Okay. So Freestyle Fridays, very simple game, very simple rules. It's a random assortment of questions. They're all about you, so you can't get them wrong. And I only ask that you answer each one honestly, and you answer uh, each one. Yeah, you answer each one, and you answer honestly. Okay. All right, so first question. I need to know, because we're talking about tequila here, and we're talking about uh, alcoholic beverages, adult beverages, as some would call them. What's your favorite drink? Right now, Reposado Neat, because I can't drink all the sugar. <laughs> Makes so sense. it is Reposado neat. Makes sense. Now I need to know what is the most random job you ever had? Ooh, which one? I, <laughs> <laughs> I worked at rallies for like three months. <laughs> I worked at Little Caesars for three months. And they were just ones that I just took just because, because I actually had a, a job at a genetics lab when I was at Wayne State because I was actually pre-med. So my random job was rallies just because I wanted an experience to work at a food retail. <laughs> <laughs> Those two are definitely random. So I, yes. I, only, I rarely see rallies nowadays. So yeah. I know they're all checkers, I think, or something like that. So you, I'm aging myself because, yeah, they were all <laughs> checkers now. <laughs> <laughs> And what did you want to be growing up? I wanted to be a doctor. I actually wanted to be a neurosurgeon. Um, and most of my college career, I was actually in pre-med. But a lot of things happened in life. You know, things changed. I became a business major and I finished my degree in business. And then I got an MBA after that. But I wanted to be a doctor. Okay. Well, you know, some people say MBAs or business people, they're the doctors of the business world. So right. that's the way I look at it. Cause I went and got my MBA. So in my mind, I'm a doctor. I'm a business. Right. Doctor. Well, somebody said, well, you just might as well go ahead and get your PhD. You did the MBA. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm good. No, we can, we can stop. <laughs> I got right enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's the song that you have in rotation right now? Ooh. Uh, Oh my goodness, something current. It has to be something current. It's probably something by her, because I love her. Um, what's the dang song? 
It was a new one. Actually, I have one. It's her and Jasmine Sutherland and Sullivan, and it's called Girl Like Me. I think it's called. I heard that. Yep. Yeah. I I love that song. And then, but anything by her, I love. So Nice. And you got to give me a quote, last but not least, a quote that you live by. Ooh. um, I have several, but one of them, I actually just... um, had because I truly identify with Phoenixes just because I have been through so many things in my life and I have um, risen from the ashes. So one of them I know that I like, hmm, see, now you put me on a spot. <laughs> so one of them that I do most of the time because then everybody kind of understands it it is in order to rise from its own ashes a phoenix first must burn and for me that means that sometimes we have to get down to not you don't have to get to rock bottom but you have to get down to where you're going to burn or whatever because then that's how you find out what you really want to do in life that's how you find out about your passions and that's how you find out about rising to the potential and what you want to do in life. And one of our um, our tagline for our tequila is create your legacy because we do believe everyone has a legacy inside of them. But a lot of times we let fear, we let all of these things hinder us from getting there. So sometimes, you know what, you got to burn some stuff down so you can rise. So That was beautiful. Beautifully said. So. <laughs> Congratulations to you for successfully passing Freestyle Fridays and engaging in my shenanigans. Right. <laughs> so you you did an excellent job. And if I could go back into, uh, I guess, asking not more of the formal questions, but more of the conversation, uh, I would like to know, what does it mean to you to develop an award-winning, and I'll say it again, award-winning tequila brand that's Michigan-based? Because Michiganders, more importantly, Detroiters like you and I are very proud people. So I just wanted to know from your perspective, what does it mean to have a Michigan-based brand and uh, for it to be doing well? Um, it's a lot that means to me. One, because I, at the time that we launched, I was the first Black woman to launch um, and to own or co-own a tequila brand. Um, so along with that, uh, being the first Black woman to do so and then being able to launch one, not knowing anything about it, um, and then for it to become multiple award winning is an amazing you know, feeling to me because it's almost like a baby. You know, these are our babies that we created from the ground up. You know, I've, we picked the bottles, we picked the labels, we picked the tops, we picked the logo, we picked everything. And to be able to build something like that and then put it on the market and people love it. It is an amazing feeling to do so. I do hope that because I was the first black woman to create a tequila brand and to own one that I have inspired and motivated other people to do so because truly we created this brand from the ground up. And a lot of people think that you can't do some things that are, you know, might seem too hard or anything like that. But I tell you, I knew nothing about creating a spirit brand when we started. And tequila is actually one of the most challenging because you do have to work with the U.S. and the Mexican governments. So it was an on the go <laughs> and on the learning uh, project, <laughs> you know, learning as I went. Um, but 
I feel that hopefully this story inspires and creates that fire or that motivation in others to create what they want to create, create what you want to give to the world, create your legacy, you know, make sure that if you have something that you're passionate about and you want to share it with the world, don't let fear, don't let all of these challenges stop you, you know, so hopefully that's, you know, what I convey, you know, when I tell the story and when people see about the story. So, but I, I feel it's, it's very inspiring. I'm very proud. Absolutely. And I wanted to ask to um, kind of connect to that answer. What is it like for you being a woman in this industry? Because I don't, you know, and if you could shed more light on what the spirits industry is like, that would be helpful for me because I just don't know. I, I mean, I just consume, but I don't really know what that, <laughs> what that space is like. The spirits industry is obviously is very male dominated and it's actually white male dominated. So being in the space of a person of color and a woman, you know, it can be challenging at times just because even when I when we first launched and we were, you know, on the ground and, and boots on the ground and and building this like going to stores, you know, ourselves and I would get some looks, you know, from some of the retailers or, or store owners like, oh, she she doesn't know what she's talking about because I don't know if they they even really know about women and or black women coming in speaking about tequila. They've never seen it. So they're looking like, oh, she don't know what she's talking about. But then when I got to, you know, <laughs> spreading some knowledge about tequila but also spreading knowledge about other liquor because I know about other liquor as well. You saw a change in the tone. You saw a change in the, you know, facial expressions towards me um, because they're like, okay, so she probably knows something. (laughs) So I'm not going to, you know, you can see it. It was it was very obvious. You can see it. So there are a lot of challenges, but, you know, just like with everything, I'm going to flow through it, plow through it and get it done. So they don't bother me. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And I wanted to know what motivates you all to because, you know, there's a lot of competition in this industry in the tequila space. More specifically, you got your Termanas, you got your Jose Cuervo. And I forgot the other one that has the community in the chokehold right now. I can't remember the name of it. But but what motivates you all in order to, you know, go out there and then say, hey, you know, we're here to stay. We have a a great brand. We have a great taste and product. Um, And, you know, you should give us a try versus these other that you've heard? Well, I always look at it too as my competition is always me, you know, and me, my husband, our company, you know, we do know about all the celebrities that are out there that are creating tequilas. And it's a reason because tequila is on the rise um, and it's replacing like bourbon whiskey and things like that. Um, But we're motivated because we are creating our own legacy, but we are also creating the expressions and the product that we want to give to the world because everyone gives, you know, well, not everyone, because some celebrities, they just kind of slap their name on it. They don't really, you know, it's not a passion project for them. Some it is but not all. Um, It is a passion project for us. We want to give the world, you know, our version of what we feel tequila should taste like. So truly, actually at this time, we are a leader in infused tequila, not liqueur, not or anything. And it's infused because it's natural. It's no sweeteners added, no synthetics added. So we are actually the leader in that right now. So we do have a little niche because a lot of the other tequilas, they just have your Blanco, Reposado, and Añejo. They don't have, you know, the infused expression that we have. 
So it's not even that we're worried about competition in that manner. Um, we are competing against ourselves. Like, what can we create to give the world that will be different? So that's kind of how I look at it. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yes. <laughs> and over the years, you've all been in business for about four years now. Over the years, have you all had any really cool partnerships or dope events that you've been able to be a part of? We, we not partnerships yet, but we do have some in the works that one day we will be able to reveal. Um, but different events. We've been at so many different events, but one that really stuck out to me was actually last year. We went to the Atlanta Food and Wine Festival, which is a big festival there. And it was amazing just because so many uh, people came directly to meet me. And I didn't, I didn't know how to take it. I was just like, I was like, like, I'm crying. Like, oh my God. <laughs> They're like, no, I flew in to meet you because I saw your story in Forbes or I saw your story in Essence or, you know, I saw you on the news or I saw you on Cheddar News or whatever. I've seen your story and you inspired me and I wanted to come meet you in person. And one of those women who actually did that, she said she created a rum brand because she read my story. Wow. And she was like, you know what? I can do it too. She did it. I can do it too. She created a rum. And as far as I know, she's doing very well. And I was going to ask, because I believe if I'm not mistaken, it's women's history month, uh, which yes. would be in March. So in terms of you being able to be the first, um, black woman in this space in order to, um, co-found and own a tequila brand, do you have like any encouraging words or thoughts for those who, like you said, the lady who, uh, developed her own company for more to kind of walk through that door and enter the space and get into the industry? Do you have any, uh, encouragement or tips for them? Absolutely. I'm always like, if you are passionate about it and something that you want to do, go ahead and do it. Don't let fear, don't let not knowing some things, you know, hold you back. Don't let the challenges because they're in business. There are always challenges and you just got to keep, keep moving. Um, I do know that there are one, two, I think three uh, black women who have entered a space after me. Um, I'm hoping, you know, I was some sort of inspiration, motivation for them. And, you know, I'm always available to offer any type of advice on that, because if I can help them, you know, go around some challenges a little bit, you know, I, I am always willing to do that. But my advice is always, you know what? Yeah, get a plan together, get information, but you're not going to get everything and execute. Just go ahead and, and do it. Dope. I couldn't agree more. So definitely if you can, uh, if you got the idea and you got the drive, let's go ahead and, and make it happen. Let's um, do it. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't sit on it. Don't sit on it. Definitely uh, put it into action. And I want to talk about branding a little bit. So can you talk to me about the Humminbird? What's the significance of the Humminbird for the Antio brand? Well, we would, of course, we want it to be different because if people see our bottle, they see that it's a, a long, sleek bottle. You know, a lot of tequila bottles are either very squat or round or something like that. Ours is, we wanted to make it spelt or sexy. And because, too, we wanted to make sure that it fits on shelves because in, in retail, location is key, right? So, um, and we wanted it to stand out. So our hummingbird actually, there are so many things with the hummingbird. It's actually a personal thing for me and my husband. Um, when we were, when we got engaged and we were enjoying uh, 
tequila. We were in the Dominican and we were enjoying tequila at dinner. We actually started seeing hummingbirds around us. So of course we were like, oh my God, you know, this is like a, a sign, like, you know, we get married and all this other type of stuff. But then we started researching when we started the brand, we started researching uh, the hummingbird and in different cultures, the hummingbird has a meaning. And one of the favorite meanings that I do have um, is that, it, and it's from the Latin culture, is that if a hummingbird flies over your head or flies near your head and goes upward, it is taking all your dreams and goals to God or to the universe or whatever you believe in, but it's taking, you know, your dreams and goals up there that you're going to accomplish them. So we love, you know, that symbolism of the hummingbird. And then, yeah, because it does have a personal, you know, <laughs> um, symbolism to me and my husband as well. So, and it was different. You know, a lot of tequilas have skulls and, you know, different things like that. So we, we wanted it to stand out. Absolutely. And uh, I learned more about hummingbirds in my entire life and you just saying that right now. So <laughs> uh, thank, I appreciate you uh, enlightening us on that. And then where did you all get the name from? How did you, uh, the name come about? Actually, Antil um, is a name of a species of hummingbirds. It's the Antillian crested hummingbird. Um, that is one of the species, you know, that we found out. So, yeah, when we were doing this, and a lot of people don't know, we did a lot of research as far as the, the logo, you know, just the names, our bottles. We were going to restaurants and bartenders and like, okay, what's the best bottle when, you know, you got a happy hour and things is going and blah, blah, blah. So we did a lot of research in that, but we found that there is a species of hummingbirds named Antillian. So <laughs> we named it from that so that it goes along with uh, the logo. I love it. I love the integrated marketing that's, that's happening yes. right there. The yes, it's brand. all about branding and integrating all of that stuff. So, yeah. Absolutely. And because I know entrepreneurship, it can be uh, taxing in terms of time and all the things that you have to do, the different hats that you have to wear. I'm always curious when my guests come on as to if you could give us an insight into what your normal day looks like for you or maybe every day is not normal, so to speak. It's probably different, but a typical day from when you wake up to when you go back to bed, what does that usually look like for you? Well, one, me and my husband have three businesses, so... Um, we're handling a couple of different things as far as the tequila. It depends on where we are in our process. Like if I am uh, doing a shipment that needs to come because I have to forecast, you know, a lot of business. Actually, in, in my career, I was a financial analyst. So, you know, I know about forecasting, but, you know, I have to forecast. So then, you know, and now because of the supplier shortages, because of all of these delays, I have to kind of forecast out like four months. <laughs> So, you know, it's it's forecasting how much product I need, you know, in all the states that we're in. It's forecasting out how much all of this is going to cost because some suppliers have went up, you know, on different things. Like even the bottles, a lot of people don't know, you know, a lot of the glass manufacturers, they went up in pricing. So, you know, it's me figuring that type of those type of things out. Um, is figuring out, okay, when I get it here, I need to send it here. Because I, I tell people outside when I joke, I'm like, I could be somebody's supply chain manager for real right now. <laughs> because while I'm doing this, I am navigating getting it to this state, this state, all of these states <laughs> um, in the process of getting all the materials to the distillery. You know, because we have to get the labels, we have to get the bottles, and all of those things have to get to the, the, the distillery. So, 
if I'm if I'm in the process of getting a shipment done, those are some things that I'm working on. I'm also working on registrations. We do have a company that we work with, our importer, who helps us with all of our registrations and licensing, because a lot of people don't know that in the spirits industry, every state has different requirements. <laughs> so... I'm speaking with them about registrations and licensing. If I am, you know, moving into another state, um, we are talking with our distributors in each state, like, hey, how's it selling? You know, what do we need to do as far as marketing more, you know, to get people to know about it? We're doing ads, you know, we're doing PR. Um, so it's a lot of that going on um, on every day. And of course, I'm getting emails about it. And then we're getting emails from consumers about our tequila, like they love it or where can I get it? Or, you know, all of these things or when you come into my state. <laughs> like, um, so it's a lot of those things going on with our other two businesses. We do the same thing. We have a, a small business consulting business because we have a business and people are like, I want to know how to do a business as well. And you guys are successful. So I need to learn from you. So we do that as well. We do um, outlines for our clients. Um, we give them homework. Like you have to, if you want to have a business and go forward, like I said, execute. This is what you got to do. Don't tell me that you want something and then you don't want to do it. So we're, we're, you know, we navigate through getting them where they need to be, you know, getting them to know what they need to do and things of that nature. So my day is actually pretty busy. And a lot of people didn't know that I still actually had a full-time job through 2021. <laughs> oh, wow. I just left my full-time job back in August. Um, so while building this company and the other companies that we had, I also still had a full-time job. Wow. I'm a mom. You know, me and my husband are married. I'm a mother, you know, <laughs> so it's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> Definitely. And then shout out to you for being able to leave your full-time job and, and dive into this full-time um, because I know, you know, that, that uh, what they call them, uh, worker-preneurs, uh, that, that <laughs> juggle is a, a completely different beast. And a lot of people are not able to leave their their jobs. My husband actually left. It's going on five years now. Actually, when we started the company, we started the company in 2017. He actually left his full time job in 2017. He was actually a VP of operations for a big mortgage company. And it was just decided at that time it was better for him to be the first one to leave um, to work on our, our businesses full time. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And yeah. It's all working out. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those. I mean, I can say it now, but, you know, sometimes at my job, because I was in a leadership position, so I may have had a couple interviews while I was at work. <laughs> I may have had a couple podcast interviews or news interviews while I was at work. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's like that. Yeah, yeah, multitask, right? I was, yeah. Still, I was still on my work computer, but then I have another, hey. I'm multitasking. Right. The work, the work going to get done. Don't worry about that. It's always done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just got to step out for a second. That's all. Just, just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, a, a staple question I like to ask my guests here on the podcast is uh, you own, having a black owned business and then also, you know, you get the opportunity to work with other uh, small businesses. But just wanted you to um, talk about the importance or why you feel it's important to support our black owned businesses. 
Um, it's very important because, you know, we have so much to give to, you know, our culture and give to the community or nationwide community in, in awe just because, you know, Black people, we get, you know, certain environments and experiences that, you know, is not like anything else. And if you are able to, to infuse that in whatever passion that you have to give to the community and give to your neighborhood, that is what we need to support because we have to support the culture. We have to support these expressions. We have so many artists and musicians and, and all of these things that have so much in them that is so amazing. So for me, I'm like, absolutely, we need to support that. You know, I don't know if a lot of people know there are over 160 brands that are owned by people of color, black people. A lot of people don't know that. And, you know, one of my friends, she um, is an influencer. She uh, is, goes by Will Drink for Travel. She actually um, gathers all of this information for black owned brands. And she's at over 160 now. And we're like, you need to support those brands because these are black people who have their own expressions of how vodka should taste, how whiskey should taste, how, you know, wine should taste, liqueurs, tequila, you know, all of these things. And I think it's important to always, you know, support our culture and our community because then too, it gets that money going it gets that money in our community to continue to be able to support artists, musicians, and everything else that's in the community. So it's very important. Thousand percent, one thousand percent. And if you had to look into your crystal ball and look into the future, what's on the horizon for you? What's on the horizon for Antil? And then also the other things that you're working on. Oh, Antil is going to be a nationally uh, available brand. We're going to be in all 50 states. <laughs> we are actually probably going to have a celebrity partnership. Um, and we will just be known as the leader of Infused Tequila. And I hope my story is out there. I hope my the story of Antil is out there to motivate and inspire people to do their own thing as well. But that's coming. So... <laughs> I need you to do me a favor. I live out in Washington now, um, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, the price of alcohol out here is just way too damn high. So if you can do something wow. with, the, with the local government or <laughs> whoever that, you know, I know you got some pool. So if you could talk to them <laughs> and tell them, get the price down so I can actually afford a bottle of alcohol out here, that would be great. Yeah, it's so it is so crazy right now um, in the industry because pre-COVID, you know, it, it was moving along, but Actually, the first year of COVID, we were actually fine. Like 2020, we were fine. Our sales actually tripled. We didn't have those supply, you know, delays or, or challenges that we started having in 2021. Um, and truly, I know that has a big effect on all the pricing in whatever state you're in, because there are some states that are uh, out of the pocket. <laughs> it's crazy. Michigan is one of <laughs> I believe you. Michigan is one of the uh, top control states, you know, so a control state is about 18 control states in, in the U.S. And that means that they control how the spirits and wine and things like that are sold and they get their money. You know, Michigan getting their money. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. Every penny. So I hear Pennsylvania is really kind of tough, too. Yeah, no, nah, it's certain states that definitely don't play. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so if the people want to, they want to get a bottle of Antil, they want to support the brand, they want to support you, where can they find you? Can you give us your links and your handles? Yeah, AntilTequila.com, AntilTequila.com, or you can follow all of our social media um, platforms at Antil Tequilas on Facebook, Instagram, or on Twitter. Um, shoot, we're on Google. You can Google Antil. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you want to order Antil, you can go to AntilTequila.com. We do have a store locator, so you can put in your zip code and see if a store is near you. If it is not, the links for our online ordering retailers are on our website as well. So even if we're not in your state or we're not at a store close to you and your state allows it because Michigan does it, <laughs> you can get it shipped to you. <laughs> Now, I know in Washington, you can get it shipped because I know several people in Seattle, they was like, uh, I got your tequila. <laughs> I've had people in Rhode Island. I'm like, who lives in Rhode Island? Like, there are people in Rhode Island. Fun, fun fact for you. I lived in Rhode Island, too, Did a few you? years ago. Yeah, for a summer. I, yeah, I've been yeah, I've been to some of the, the um, strangest places in my mind coming from Michigan because I had lived right. at home all the way until I left for grad school. But in my mind, I'm like Rhode Island and then Seattle. Like I would have never thought that I would live in these places. But yeah, I've been right. in Rhode Island, too. And funny thing about that, they don't have a happy hour. Like happy hour is illegal no. in Rhode Island. Yeah. It's illegal. I don't I don't know the politics behind it, but it's like a super old like rule that they have that's still in place today. You can't have happy hour, but the places that serve alcohol, they get around it by just offering discounts on certain days. OK, but for me, that sounds like, you know, the dry counties, because, you know, there are still several dry counties in the south and stuff like that. And I went to one in Tennessee, I think it was. And I went to a Friday's. This is when I was still working. And I was like, okay, how is this a Friday's if y'all don't have drinks? Like, it's not a Friday's. <laughs> it's like, it's a Friday's is synonymous with drinks, right? No, they didn't have drinks. They had beer. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't even go. Like, you shouldn't even be called Friday's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> exactly. If anybody has ever been to the Fridays in Southfield, they call it Club Fridays for a reason. Yes. So yeah, Friday, yeah, wherever that Fridays is, they just mentioned they gotta step their game up. Yeah, I yeah, I had experiences at the one in Southfield. I know. When <laughs> the last time I went was when they had the DJ and they started going around with double shots. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is what this is where we on. <laughs> I was like, this is where we on. They had jello shots. <laughs> Okay, we club, you know, and women, women was coming in there with their club clothes on and everything. I was like, okay, so after a certain time, it's not dinner, it's club. Yep. Cool. Yep. At a certain time, it turns into duo and not Fridays. Right. But them jello shots, I swear, the first time I saw that, I was cracking up like, oh my God. <laughs> that does not sound like that night ended well for anybody. I laughed. Me and my friends left because I was like, it's about to get, get lit in here. We yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah, very expeditiously. <laughs> oh, man. So if anybody knows me, I'm a man of my word. Um, I don't know about y'all, but I'm definitely going to get me a bottle of Antil. That's going to be my first mission. As soon as we uh, hop off the line, go ahead and order me a bottle. I got a taste that I got to try it out for myself. And yeah. also, I just wanted to let you know, I appreciate you being on the podcast today. What you are doing is very influential and uh, motivational. I know I feel inspired by just the conversation that we was able to have today. So hoping that we can get more people of color in uh, the industry that 
you're in and then also pursuing pursuing their dreams regardless of what it is that um, they are uh, trying to build or trying to do so definitely appreciate you joining me on the podcast today and sharing your wisdom absolutely thank you so much and yeah hopefully you know if i motivated anyone to say you know what we started this from the ground up you can do whatever you want to do believe me absolutely and y'all already know how we do i will see y'all next week on the black fridays podcast and until then y'all be safe and be cool (laughs) 